This is the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast Show, hosted by Bo Finley and Brant Walker. Welcome back to another episode of the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast. After a few week layoff, we had uh, Mr. Finley was down in the sunny uh, beaches of Florida, and uh, we had a little family uh, family issues going on last weekend or last week. But we're back. We're ready. We're ready to get into this offseason. We're ready to dive in. We're going to go right where we left off. We're going to go talk about top tight ends today. We're also going to talk about – we're going to do a uh, quick rookie mock draft for all you dynasty guys out there, gals and guys out there. Um, so let's dive right in. We're going to go straight with the top tight ends. Uh, we kind of – I think we only went top five because tight ends Tight ends year one are always is always rough. Four to 500 yards for a tight end in year one is good. That's a good showing for a tight end to come out. Um I mean, one tight end this year, I think, is head and shoulders above the rest. Maybe a top five NFL pick. Um, I'll, I'll start out with Kyle Pitts, from a uh, tight end from Florida. I mean, he ran a 4 4 4 40. He has an 83, 83 and 3.8 wingspan, six foot six, 245 pounds. He's a big, big tight end. He catches, I mean, he, he has amazing hands. He can play tight end, slot, or even outside the numbers. He can, he almost can go out and do it all out there. Um, the only knock that they've seemed anyone has ever had on him is he needs improvement in a blocking game. And I think, I think that's really the only knock you can have on him. Um, he really put his name out there on the map in 2019 where he had 54 catches, five touchdowns for 649 yards. Um, what, what, what do you think of Kyle Pitts? I mean, is he a top five NFL pick? Um, is he? Yes. I, I think he probably will be. Um, Kyle Pitts is definitely probably the most athletic player, at least at most athletic skill position player, uh, in this draft. Um, he, he's, he's definitely a guy that I, I think as far as when you talk about the, the tight end world in this draft, it's definitely Kyle Pitts and a tier all to himself. Then I think there's one more guy in a tier just below him. And then I think the bottom kind of starts to drop out a little bit, Absolutely. Uh, but Kyle Pitts, the argument could be made. Uh, from my end anyway, that I think Kyle Pitts might be um, better off than any receivers coming out in this draft. Um, it, it's all He's going to be a guy that his, his value as far as in rookie redrafts and in redrafts leagues next year are going to be a lot uh, dependent on where he gets drafted at this year and how, how teams are going to use him. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely um, the most athletic guy in this class in my eyes. Absolutely. I mean, in his career, he had 100 catches, 1,492 yards with 18 touchdowns. Shows that he's very reliable in that end zone, too. And, and as I'm looking at it, and we'll get into it a little more later with our mock drafts, it really, I think it's one wide receiver in a standard league. I think you got one wide receiver that is maybe in the same tier. I really think Kyle Pitts is the number two guy to come off the board in most leagues. Especially in dynasties, because if you get a tight end, you know this. You have George Kittle. You got a tight end that is head and shoulders above the rest in a tier, not to himself, but there's only two or three guys in that tier. And I think if you got a chance to go out and get a guy like this, I think absolutely. I think if you don't need to look at running backs and your yours is a you need a, a pass catcher, I think Kyle Pitts is almost head and shoulders above the rest to take. Yeah, for me, if if I'm in a, in a situation where I need pass catchers on, on my fantasy team, I look Kyle Pitts before Jamar Chase just because I do think he's going to be listed as a tight end. So it's going to make him more movable in your lineup, whether you put him in your flex or your tight end spot. Um, and having a guy that's as capable and, and has some of the skill set that Kyle Pitts does in your tight end spot is, is going to be similar to what a lot of people got to do with Taysom Hill. Um, as far as the added bonuses that you're going to get from from this guy being on your roster. Absolutely. And w- uh, well, another thing with Kyle Pitts, you can put him in a tight end. You can put him as a flex. I mean, in our league, we run a dual flex. I really think, you know, you said it best, is Kyle Pitts is probably the best pick out there to take if that's what you need, if that's your need in the dynasty as a pass catcher. He's definitely got to go top three, I think, because when, when will you ever see a tight end come out like this again yeah, that it's, has it's, this? It's going to be a while. I mean, even if you think back to – to guys like Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey was a, a second-round pick the year he came out, and I, I assume he wasn't drafted that high as, as a rookie. Well, Kittle, Pitts, dang it, Kittle, Kelsey, and Waller, all three were not touted after guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we know, too, with fantasy, one thing that we've we've come to learn and come to, to understand is really the tight end breakout period is year two, year three. Absolutely. Uh, there's, not, there's not a lot of guys that you see 
such as Kyle Pitts, where you think that they're going to be an immediate impact because the tight end position is such in the NFL, it's such leaps and bounds different than what it is in the uh, college world. Absolutely. Even And once again, with Kyle Pitts, even if you could say you got a Kittle on your team, but you're sitting at the 101 or the 102, you can pull Pitts. And, and the, the trade market, the value for Pitts is going to is going to be huge, even yeah. if I mean, you could ship him before he's got a chance to bust, or you could, or you could have him right off the bat, and 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 hold on to him and see what happens. Because if he breaks out like he's supposed to, and he does what he can do, the trade it's going to be you're going to have to pay almost CMC value to get him. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a good chance. I mean, obviously, um, we have Travis Kelsey in the league right now. Who uh, in a dynasty, I'd rather have Kittle, but in redrafts, I'm still taking Kelsey probably Absolutely. ahead. Um, and and a trade haul that you'd have to put out to to get a guy like Kelsey who um, is putting up the thirty point weeks week in and week out. It's it's really hard to get that at your tight end position. You're going to pay a premium. Um, and uh, yeah, if Pitts comes out and he does anything of uh, even half of what people are saying he's capable of, um, yeah, he's he's going to uh, demand a premium. I mean, the one thing that that Pitts did that I like more than the rest of his game which it speaks the most volume to me um, is the average 14.9 yards per catch in, in his, uh, in his career. And that just last year, he averaged 17.9 yards per catch. That tells me that when he gets the ball in his hands, he's able to move absolutely pretty well with the ball and, and avoid being taken down early. And it, I mean, any film you watch on him, the separation he gets from defensive back NFL caliber, defensive backs, linebackers that the separation is is amazing that he's able to do um so before we move on to the next guy you're looking in a redraft league mm-hmm. you normally look at your kelsey's your kittles your wallers between three four and five is kyle pitts instantly up there in the three four or five range <sighs> he's instantly in my top 10 guys that i would take in tight ends but just due to the simple fact that yes i do have high hopes for him i think he is going to be a guy that he's going to have some immediate impact um I still can't put that much faith in a year one rookie tight end because we do know that there is that learning curve. Um, that I mean, with with the the things that happen in New England with um, Johnny Smith and, and Hunter Henry joining forces, if you will, there in New England, that definitely would put Kyle Pitts in front of either one of those two Absolutely. guys for me at this point. Um, if those guys were both on opposite teams still, I'd probably have both of them in front of Kyle Pitts at least this year. Um, if that gives you a little bit of insight, I, where do you where do you hold Kyle Pitts in a redraft? In a redraft, I think I'm about in the same boat. He's probably top seven for me, and because because he does have that upside of being a top three sure. tight end right off the bat, uh, top seven. I think once again, you 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 put him above Henry and Jonu. I think you still have him ahead of Goddard and Ertz because they are still both Philly. Now if they split. You may see something a little different there, but yeah, I definitely think he's up there in the top seven. Yeah, that's that's probably a good good starting spot for him. Uh, at at, at the, the the next tier, which is significant a significant drop off still in my mind, I have Pat Fearmuth, the six foot five, uh, two hundred fifty eight pound junior from Penn State. Um, career he had ninety two receptions, one thousand one hundred eighty five yards, twelve point nine yards a catch with sixteen touchdowns. Now, in 2020, it is worth noting, he only played in four games, so his numbers are significantly lower. He actually got injured in 2020, so he was unable to compete in, right. the, in the 40. And he was out there catching for his pro day, but he was unable to really run his sprints and everything. So that's definitely something to note. Um, Fearmuth put his Fearmuth, yeah, he put his name really out there in 2019. We had 43 catches, 507 yards, and seven touchdowns. Obviously, he had a better year than he did last year with the injury and all. Uh, th- this guy here is just a bully. He's yeah. just a big guy. He, he does he does um, most of his damage with separation on his routes and his after catch. I mean, he's got a, a great stiff arm. His yak yards are crazy. He's just a big bully out there is what he is. And if he lines in a tight end, and most of these linebackers won't be able to handle him. Yeah. he He's another here's, – here's another guy that for me, um, depending on where Pat ends up in the draft – uh, if he goes to a, a, a tight end needy team where a quarterback has shown to like using the tight end, um, Pat Fearmuth to me could be another guy that in redraft leagues could work his way into the top 15 uh, of in redraft leagues, let alone rookie leagues. Absolutely. He's, he's definitely a guy with, with, with his size. If you don't know anything about this guy, go out there, watch some tape on him. You'll fall in love with him. 
and he definitely I think he's going to be a second round second round draft pick in most rookie drafts. He's a guy that I don't want to say he's a plug and play because of the learning curve, but he's definitely a guy that'll sit there and he may have just as good a year coming out as as Pitts does. Then it's the year two, three, and four is where you'll see the separation sure. between them. Yeah, I agree, and, and I think it is also worth noting that when you talk about Freemuth and, and comparing him to Pitts, Freemuth is a traditional true uh, tight end. Absolutely. You're not going to see him probably split in formations much, whereas Kyle Pitts is is fast enough and big enough that he can go out spread out wide and still be very very effective i think so yeah. so, so there to, to compare him is a little askew in my mind if we're comparing him just in the tight end position i think there's actually a chance that fearmuth could be better in the in the first few years of the career but when you add in all the other things that kyle pitts is going to be able to do which takes him out of the the tight end position and, and into a wide receiver or a slot position i mean he's going to be utilized in a lot of different ways his value is much more significant in, in that way absolutely absolutely uh fury with i mean if he goes to a tight end needy team he definitely i think it, like you said jumps into the top 15 of redraft kyle pitts if he goes to a pass catching needy team it doesn't matter they need wide receivers or anything i think he instantly jumps into that top 10 top five conversation yeah yeah i would say that's probably fair i mean there is those destinations i don't want to see anything to do with him going to somebody like Baltimore who doesn't have the, the draft capital to get him though. Um, I mean, if he, if he go, I, 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 Kyle Pitts is best destination for me in my eyes, um, which I, I, it, there's a lot of tight ends on the roster there, but they're desperate, desperate, desperate for pass catchers. I like Kyle Pitts a lot in Philadelphia. Absolutely. I do too. I, I, in, in Philadelphia, I think you'd get to see um, his, his true value put on display because with Goddard and with Ertz, you're going to have to move Kyle Pitts around in your in your formation, and and that's where he's going to excel. So where, where's uh, where's Philly's pick now? They're at the twelve now, right? They are. There's yes. somebody at the ten that's infatuated with Kyle there Pitts. Is, it kind of makes me nervous to see him go there. Dallas has been infatuated with Pitts, and if he goes there, I mean, there's a lot of miles to feed, but that's one guy that could once again stand head and shoulders above the rest. I, I do think of Dallas. You're going to have to draft inside the top seven probably to get Kyle Pitts because somebody will trade up for him. But, Absolutely. Um, there and there's several teams that he could go to that I would that I'd really like him. But but Pat Fearmuth in NFL draft uh, terms, he's going to be a really nice compliment prize to somebody who misses out on the Kyle Pitts at much lower draft capital. I'd like to see Fearmuth go fill in for uh, old Hunter Henry there and and for the Chargers. That'd be a really good fit, I think, because they're they're missing tight ends. They um, did just get Jared Cook, who may, I, may who knows what may, who knows what he's got for tread left on the tires. That's but. true, but once again, a veteran tight end to show this this youngster the ropes too. So absolutely, yeah. Uh, who you got there at number three? I think we're pretty much the same until yeah. we get to number five. I think at three, I have uh, Brevin Jordan, the six foot three, two hundred forty five pound junior out of Miami. Um, this is really to me where the the drop off starts to happen. Um, these guys that we have, the next three guys. They're going to be drafted by NFL teams, um, but whether or not they're drafted in, a, in like a rookie redraft or in a redraft league, uh, maybe one or two out of the three will be. Um, outside of the top five, probably not. There'll be waiver wire pickups. Uh, but but anyway, uh, Brevin Jordan is in his career. He had 105 uh, receptions, 1,358 yards, 12.9 yards per uh, reception, and 13 total touchdowns. His, his really good year was was in 2020. He had 38 receptions, 576 yards, uh, 15.2 yards per reception, and seven touchdowns. Again, um, really for me, especially with the tight end position, maybe not with the wide receiver position, but anytime you see a tight end averaging over 15 yards a catch, mm -hmm. that says something to me. Um, so that's – This name right here makes me cringe just a little bit because every mock draft I've seen lately has Seattle drafting him because only Lord knows we need – 18 more tight ends well, you to go lost, on that roster. You lost a couple, so yeah. you need to replace them. <laughs> um, but, no, this he's a utility guy. He's a utility tight end. He's played fuel, fullback. He's played the utility back out there. He's, he's also lined up outside to the slot a little bit, and he's dangerous with his yak ability. His yak ability is crazy. I was watching a little bit of his tape the other day when when the first time I saw him mock to us to see what he was like. And yeah, he, he definitely – he doesn't create separations with his routes – but he's able to – his burst speed is, is kind of crazy. He's, he ran a 4.6840 actually. And uh, so, yeah, he's a, he's a big guy, and, and he's one of the guys that I think will take a, 
take a few years to develop into the NFL type tight end, but I think he's going to have a nice career. I don't think you'll ever see him as the top five breakaway tight end, but I think he'll have a good career. Uh, and, and I think it is worth noting uh, once again, just how big the drop off is in the tight end position as a, as a whole. I mean, you, you look at the NFL landscape and it's, it's pretty much you got your one and two, which is at this point is Kittle and Kelsey. That's kind of the thing. Waller's pretty much inserted his name to make it a top three, but there for the longest time it was going to be, is it Mark Andrews? Is it Darren Waller? Who's going to step up TJ Hawkinson and make themselves into that top five, if you will. But really, if you look at the NFL landscape, uh, as far as playing fantasy football, you either have a great tight end or you have a very average guy that you're plugging in weekly. Yep. Um, and it, and it's, it can be a make or break. If you have a decent roster, but you're getting seven points out of your tight end where somebody else is getting 12 every week, that adds up. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's important if you're, if you're in a dynasty league and you need tight end help, it's important that you dive in and do some research on this class of tight ends, Absolutely. even though there is a tier, big tier drop off. Absolutely. Cause with these tight ends coming in, once again, you got that year separation. Most dynasties have their taxi squads. You yeah. let them sit on the taxi squad. Think about TJ Hawkinson didn't really break out his year one. He had a decent year last year. Noah Fant once again was having a, a decent year, uh, a year two. Um, so, I mean, these guys here, you can dive in, you can get them with your third, fourth late round draft picks, put them on your taxi, see what happens. Me right now, I've, I, me personally, I've always been a believer in one tight end. And if you have to stream them, I'm sitting at dynasty and I'm pretty sure I got four or five tight ends on my roster because I had Henry and now I'm out here like, um, what do I do? Cause I thought I had a top 10 tight end, but I don't because the tiered break is so much. He could be a top, Henry could be a top tight end, top 10 tight end. But he's not going to be competing with numbers such as Kelsey and Kittle and Waller and probably Pitts in my mind. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Pitts, Pitts is definitely a guy who could insert. He's got the tools and the ability to insert himself into that top three, but it's gonna he's gonna have to come out and actually to do it. Yep. Um, I, I would say Fearmute's got the opportunity to, to get himself in the top ten or so. I, I I'm very doubtful for the rest of this class. Um, to ever be that the the rest of this class very well could be formidable tight ends that you could get that you could say ah, I might get ten points a week out of this guy and that's enough for me absolutely um, and if that's the case and so be it um, at at number four I have uh, Hunter Long the six foot five two hundred fifty three pound junior from Boston College I think we're still on the same page on yep. this one um, his career he had eighty nine receptions twelve hundred ninety seven yards fourteen point six yards per reception nine touchdowns. His big year was this last year, uh, 57 receptions, 685 yards, 12 yards a catch, and five touchdowns. Absolutely. And he really put his name out there in 2019 because he had 509 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he had he had decent speed for a tight end, I would think, a 4-7-1-40 4, time in his pro day. Um, he, once again, is another big guy. Um, he's a solid blocker. He's got good hands, and he wins his contested catches. He has separation issues, and he – he lacks the speed to really beat any DBs if they separate him or if they uh, split him out wide. But, I mean, if he's winning contested catches and he, he's able to run those crosses, the easy routes, the, the short routes, I think this guy could get see four, five, six catches a game, not right off the bat. But this is another guy that I'm willing to take a stab at in the third, fourth round with my last draft pick and throw him on my taxi and see what happens with him, especially if he ends up with a team that's a tight end needy team and that's not stacked with tight ends like Seattle. But, I mean, you you throw him into, a once again, a, a Charger team. That New needs Orleans. A, New Orleans that needs a tight end. Um, uh, how many years uh, Atlanta um, – what's his name? Hurst has got one more year guaranteed. Hurst, yeah, okay. So, once again, another year. So we know Matt Ryan likes his tight end spot. Yeah, that's that's another projected landing spot, not to get back on him and continue to be a dead horse, if you will. But if Kyle Pitts goes to Atlanta, his draft stock, in my mind, would have to rise significantly just due to the fact that his coverage um, – you're, you're, you're still got Julio Jones under contract there. You got Calvin Ridley. You got Hayden Hurst, and, you, and then you add Kyle Pitts to it. Uh, I really think Matt Ryan could have a breakout year if that happens. I know there's talks – uh, part of me wonders if the Falcons are just trying to get somebody that really wants Pitts to trade up, which would be great. Um, but I, I wouldn't mind as a Falcons fan seeing Kyle Pitts come to town. Yeah, absolutely. Another spot that you've seen Pitts at a lot is is Miami. Yeah. So, and yeah. I think that'd be a good spot for him. Um, 
he lacks the blocking ability, but they're really missing a, a slot wide receiver. They've got Parker and Fuller for the outside, but they are missing a slot guy, and that's definitely somewhere he, where he could fill in. Pitts would be another – that'd be another good landing spot because I think you'd see Miami run a lot of two tight end sets. They'd run a lot of three wide out sets with, with Pitts as their third wide out because really – Mike Jacecki came out and showed that he could do it this year too. So he, it's not like Mike Jacecki's not going to have a role. He's if they draft Kyle Pitts, it, it's going to be a, a getting your all your weapons on the field for two at the same time kind of a thing. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell us about your number five guy before I get into mine? We'll rush through this one real quick and then we'll start our draft. My number five guy is is probably not going to have a whole lot of fantasy relevance. I put him at number five because he is the best blocking tight end in this class. Um, he's got enough speed to get to get by on seams and crossing routes. It's uh, Tommy Trimble out of Notre Dame. Um, he's six foot four, two forty eight. Uh, he ran a four six four six five forty. Um, he had thirty five or his career. He had thirty five catches, four hundred one yards, and four touchdowns. Not not a whole lot there. He actually wasn't even the number one tight end on his team. But because of his blocking ability, I think that you'll see him come out. He lacks a route tree, which is is going to be a big thing. But you always see tight ends. You always see people come out, say, if you can block, you've got a spot on this team. Well, watch him block, and he's going to have a spot on a team if he learns his route tree or anything else. Or you may see this guy once again just turn into a fullback because of his blocking ability. He's also lined up. Or if he goes to Seattle, time. he could end up being a defensive end. He could. We've yeah. done that before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which would make his blocking irrelevant, which would, you know. Right. Or maybe he could be a lineman for us because, you know, we can't block either. Correct. Um, at number five, I have Trey McKitty, the six foot five, two hundred forty five pound senior from Georgia. Um, Trey McKinney or McKitty pl- only played four games for Georgia. His his first three seasons were at Florida State. Uh, transferred out of that god awful Florida State situation, uh, came to Georgia and only played four games there. Uh, this year he had six receptions, one hundred eight yards, eighteen uh, yards per catch, and one touchdown. In his career, he had fifty six receptions, six hundred twenty eight yards. 11.2 yards per reception and three touchdowns. He also is more of a pass blocker, a run blocker that can go out and has a little bit of versatility. Um, again, probably the same way you feel about Tommy Trimble. I'm not touching Trey McKitty in anything. He'd be a guy that maybe if he goes to the right spot, I'd throw uh, the watch button on him and watch him and see if he starts developing. Got an extra taxi spot, throw him on your taxi yeah. just so nobody else can have him. Yeah. Definitely. Kind of like what I did with Albert O this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that, that the tight end pool, if you will, is, is we talked about the running back a couple of weeks back, the running backs got the really good guys at the top and then it kind of drops out. The wide receiver class class is extremely deep. The, the quarterbacks are deep. Tight ends are not deep. You got the, the, the top tier, the next tier, and then the rest. And it, it's if, if you're tight end needy, you're going to need to jump probably more than higher than you want to for either Pitts or Fearmuth. Absolutely, you will. Um, but I mean, if you're a needy team, these those two guys right there could fill that void for you. Uh, Fearmuth, you may have to wait a year or two to see him pan out. But you with tight ends, you got to be patient with them. And I know it sucks because it's a, it's a bad position, and you're always feeling like that's where you're getting beat every week if you're in close contest, which you probably are getting beat every week. But it, you you gotta you gotta gamble on some of these guys to to see if you have the diamond in the rough. Correct. Um, I mean, I don't. Th- I think once again, like we said at the very beginning, uh, Pitts is head and shoulders above the rest of these tight ends. I think he's going to be an immediate impact. Uh, Jordan and Fearmuth are another guy that I would not hesitate to throw on my taxi late in my draft. I think Fearmuth goes in the second round though because he is he is a big dude and he is he he is a modern or not a modern day tight end. He is an old fashioned tight end. I'm going to line up on the line. I'm going to block and that, and I'm going to run my routes. He's just a big tight end. Your, your, your old school tight ends, as you would put your new school ones, you got flashing out everywhere and anywhere. Absolutely. I agree. So, um, so um, that kind of wraps up our, our player rankings. We've went through our quarterbacks, our running backs, our uh, wide receivers, our wide receivers and our tight ends. Um, So what better way to wrap all that up? than doing a rookie mock draft. Um, If you were with us the last time we did our mock draft, I drafted at the odds, so I had the first overall pick. We're going to switch it up this week. Walker's going to have the number one, and we'll get back or we'll get into that here in a second. All right, so we're going to jump into this mock draft. Um, But before we do, uh, it it is we are going to be doing it as a 10-team linear draft. 
single quarterback, single flex, just to kind of get you to where we're, where our heads are at here. Um, we'll we'll kind of go through the picks. We'll we'll break down each round, uh, and then we'll we'll uh, move on from there. Absolutely. So with the number one, I'll get kicked right off. With number one, I'm going to go Jamar Chase. I think he's the best wide receiver in this class. I think he's in a tier by himself, wide receiver wise. Um, yeah, he missed last year, and he did most all of his damage in 2019. But um, you got to think that you looked at uh, Justin Jefferson, what he just did in the in in the NFL. He was number two to Jamar Chase there at LSU. So I just think Chase is the, is the best value pick right here. Yeah. So um, at number two, I'm going to take Najee Harris. Um, for me, this class is so loaded at wide receiver. It's so deep. Uh, there is a tier. I agree. Chase is definitely at the top by himself. But the next tier of guys in the wide receiver pool are not nearly as as shallow as the, the depth that you will see in the running back position after you get through the big three. So I'm going to shirt sure up with the safest of the big three. I'm not sure Najee's my number one at this point, um, but he's definitely the, the safest of the running backs, and we all know the premium of, of, of a good running back in fantasy football. So back to you at number three. At number three, I'm going Kyle Pitts. I, I just think, once again, he's the best in his, best in his position, and I think that he is – uh, an instant impact wherever he ends up. Okay, I like Pitts. I like Pitts a lot at three. Um, I, I do think that that Pitts will be available in most rookie drafts in between the three to five pick range. So if you're tight end or your pass catching needy team and your fantasy Pitts makes a lot of sense if you have the third overall pick. Uh, I'm going to stay the trend. I'm going to take Travis Etienne here. I still think there's a lot of good um, depth at wide receiver. So early, I'm gonna I'm gonna stack my running backs. I think Etienne's the most explosive running back in this class. Um, really good one cut running back, but it's all gonna be team that drafts Etienne for me. If he if Etienne goes to the New York Jets or the San Francisco 49ers that run outside run schemes, um, Etienne's gonna move ahead of Harris for me. But for now, we'll take him at number four. So I'm gonna jump number five. I'm taking. Uh... Javonta Williams, uh, running back out of uh, UNC. I think he's the final of the top tier running backs. I think Najee is the best, but I think Etienne and, and Williams are right there in the second tier. So I'm definitely going to jump in and get that last one to make sure that I sure up one of sure one of the running backs. Uh, I'm going to take at number six the guy who's been compared to Tyreek Hill this year. I'm going to take Jalen Waddle. Uh, I do think Smith has a better skill set. Than Waddle, uh, Devonta Smith, that is. I think he's got a better skill set than Waddle. Um, but I think um, Waddle is built better for the NFL than, than Devonta is, at least coming out of college. So for that reason, I'm going to take Waddle at six. And then I'm going to turn around and take his co partner there at uh, seven when in Devonta Smith, wide receiver out of Bama. I think he once again cheers up the top tier. He's the third one in that. Third one in the top three, and I think I'm going to go with Smith here. I think he's the third best out of them, but I definitely think that he has the explosion or explosive ability to move yeah. forward. I, and I'm, I've said it before, and I'll, I'll probably say it for the next several weeks. If Devonta Smith was six foot three, 195 pounds, he would be the number one wide receiver in this yes. class. But he's not, so we move on. At number eight, I'm going to. I think I'm going to shock you a little bit here. But for a fantasy, as as far as a fantasy aspect, I'm taking Justin Fields at number eight, first quarterback off the board. And the reason behind that is, do I think Justin Fields is going to be a better NFL quarterback than Trevor Lawrence? Not a chance. Do I think Justin Fields early is going to have more fantasy relevancy than Trevor Lawrence? I do. And the simple fact that Justin Fields is, is more mobile than Trevor, a little more apt to get out of the pocket and scramble. And if, if Justin Fields, if the rumors are true that there's a chance he ends up in San Francisco – I, I really like him a lot in that scheme. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take the other quarterback here. I'm going to take Trevor Lawrence. I want to make sure that I get a, a piece of that quarterback's. And, yes, I believe if Fields goes to the Niners, I do believe he should be the first quarterback off the board because I think he's going to make the most impact. But I think Trevor Lawrence has the longest career. I mean, he's the most touted after quarterback in a long, long time. I, I totally agree, and I, and I think um, – if, if we were drafting as an actual NFL team, I would be taking Lawrence 10 times out of 10 times over fields. But for the simple fact that I want fantasy production out of that position, I just think that fields is going to have too much 
he, he's going to run touchdowns in. He's going to throw for touchdowns. He's going to run run for yards. I think Fields could be very similar to Russell Wilson with slightly more running upside, um, possibly less arm, arm ability, but more running upside. Uh, at number 10, I'm going to round out, and I'm going to take Rondell Moore, the wide receiver from, from Purdue here. Uh, I, Rondell Moore is another guy to me that is, is going to be a slot slot type player, a little undersized. Uh, but if, if he ends up in the right position, I think he could be the number fourth best wide receiver in this class. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to go with the guy out here. Uh, why another wide receiver? I'm going to go with um, Terrence Marshall Jr., the wide receiver out of uh, LSU. I just think that wherever he's going to, if he falls to the right teams, I think that his fit is best where most mock drafts had him, Green Bay, New Orleans, where he's that number two guy. He's drawn the number two corner, his speed and everything else. I just think that that he could be an immediate impact guy. Yeah, so I'm going to do this to you. I wasn't thinking I was – you know what? No, I'm not. I'm going to take Pat Fearmuth here. I'm going to shear up my tight end position. Uh, again, we talked about it. it I'm taking him at the 12. With you already having pits, I probably could have waited a little bit longer to get him. I was going to actually – I was considering him at the 11 here at the first pick of the second okay. round. So it's probably a good thing I to take him. Pitt, so, yes. Uh, yeah, so, again, Fearmuth is is the next best tight end. If, if Kyle Pitts isn't in this class, Fearmuth is the best tight end by far. Uh, I still think early second round is probably a reach for Fearmuth unless you know somebody's got uh, tight end needs in front of you. Or behind you, rather. Um, but nonetheless, sheer up my tight end spot. I'll take Fearmuth. I'm going to go out. I'm going to take a wide receiver um, that had a rough pro day. Um, but he, I, I think he's he's very well-rounded and, and could have a very good career. And uh, Bateman out of Minnesota. Yeah, it's definitely a good thing you took him here because that's who I was eyeballing. Um, I, I like Rashad Bateman a, a lot. And he's going to be another guy that his, his landing spot's in the right spot. He's, his draft stock's going to fly up. Um, at 14, I'm going to take – I believe I'm going to take at 14, I'm going to take Khalil Herbert, the running back from Virginia Tech. Um, Herbert had a really, really good pro day. Uh, his three-cone drill was like 6.96, which is insane for a guy his size. Um, he was a guy that was at um, – help me out here. Where was Khalil Herbert at? He was behind another one of these guys in this class. Oh, excuse me. He was at Kansas behind Puka Williams and wasn't able to get um, over Puka, transferred to a redshirt, transferred to Virginia Tech. Yes. And had a really great year this year. I, I'm not sure Herbert's going to be the fourth best, um, fourth best running back in this class. But if he goes to the right spot where he's got an early chance at work, whether it be first or second down, he, he's going to be a guy that's going to be a steal if you take him in the right spot in the draft. I'm going to go with another speedy wide receiver here. I know I'm going quite heavy with my receivers here, but this is a speedy guy I showed out at his pro day, Elijah Moore, their Ole Miss wide receiver. I just think his upside is is crazy that his upside going into the NFL with his speed, yes, he's another small guy, but I, th I think that with the way the NFL is going, his speed could pay the difference. Okay, so I'm going to take a guy that I had ranked at number five in my wide receivers, and that's Kadarius Toney, the wide receiver from Florida uh, that played with Kyle Pitts, another big-bodied guy um, that was able to uh, show a lot of, of, of flashes and use his side and size and speed. Um, I think Kadarius Toney's got a chance to be a good wide receiver too as far as fantasy goes, so getting him at the 16th overall pick is a steal. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to go with the running back here. I'm, I'm lacking on running backs. I've only taken one. I'm going to go with the guy that I think is in that tier three and has, barring where he falls, once again, that's a lot of these players, but Kenneth Gainwell out of Memphis has uh, extreme upside and, and could be could take over a workload at it on almost any NFL team, I think. Yeah. Um, so um, Ken Kenneth Gainwell is one to me that I think his path in the NFL is going to be a lot really exciting to watch. I think he's going to be a guy that gets drafted, has a lot of special teamwork, and he's going to be a guy that has five carries and five um, uh, passes thrown to him. If he catches those five passes, he could be a guy that's getting 15 to 20 points of fantasy uh, in fantasy a week. Um, again, it's all going to be, like you said, dependent on where he lands, but if he lands in the right spot where he gets those five carries and, and five receptions, he could end up being – 
you know, not a, a poor man's version of Alvin Kamara, if you will. Absolutely. Um, it is a, a, a one quarterback league, but I don't feel like I can let this guy slide any, any further than I already have. I'm going to take Zach Wilson at 18. Um, Zach Wilson's a guy that seems to be like he's going to be drafted by the Jets. He's going to come in. He's going to be a week one starter. Uh, there's a lot of value in that. Um, and, and for that reason, I don't feel like I can let him slide past where we're at right now. Absolutely. I have, I'm taking a quarterback also here with the next pick. Um, a guy that you may have to sit back and wait a year for him to actually start. But I think his upside is, is, is could possibly be the second best quarterback in this draft. Um, especially if he gets to a landing spot. I love him in Atlanta. I've said that since he, since Atlanta, you know, solidified their four spot. I absolutely love Trey Lance sitting behind Matt Ryan for a year. I'm taking Trey Lance here at the 19th overall. Yeah. Uh, to, to round out and to finish, uh, the second round here, I'm going to take uh, Kylan Hill, the running back out of uh, Mississippi State. Uh, Kylan Hill is one that to me is going to be uh, – he, he's going to have the opportunity to be uh, a, a three-down back in the NFL if he gets to the right system, the right the right team drafts him. He's going to have to work on his pass-catching ability a little bit, but he's got decent size. He's five foot 11, 210 pounds. And again, he goes to a, a running back needy team. If, if Atlanta waits and drafts him in the fourth or fifth round and he comes in, and he's the competition with Mike Davis. It's going to start the season out as a running back by committee, but he's going to have an opportunity um, to um, to establish himself and, and have a better spot than if he would if he were to go to a, a team like Tampa Bay where they've already got, you know, three running backs. Um, real quick recap. Uh, first round went Jamar Chase, uh, Najee Harris, Kyle Pitts. Travis Etienne, Javante Williams, Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Rondale Moore. Round two went Terrence Marshall, Pat Freermuth, Rashad Bateman, Khalil Herbert, Elijah Moore, Kadarius Toney, Kenneth Gainwell, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and Kylan Hill. So with we, we've done 20 picks here. There's still a lot of talent on the board. Absolutely. A ton of talent. Um, why don't we go ahead and just keep going, Walker? We'll see where, see where we can get through. Uh, but why don't you take us through the, th- the third round here? So Let's my first pick of the third round, round I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tossed between two guys, um, both running backs. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, Felton out of U- UCLA. I just think his PPR upside, and that's what we mostly play in as PPR, and I, I just think his PPR upside could really be there. I mean, he was a wide re- or he was a running back. He's he's moved from wide receiver to running back, back to wide receiver. So I mean, this guy, it, I mean, he's got the pass catching ability. He's a smaller guy, and I just think that he could be a, a plug in flex play. Okay, so at twenty two, I'm going to take Amari Rogers, the wide receiver from from uh, Clemson. Uh, Amari Rogers is a guy that's had the had the benefit of of being coached by Dabo Sweeney. I uh, had Trevor Lawrence throwing in the ball. the The Jags have a, have a ton of picks. If, if Amari Rogers ends up getting drafted late by the the Jags, or or he ends up in a Green Bay late or a Kansas City late, his value and his skill set is going to translate really well to the NFL. He's he's coming from a pro ready offense. He's coming from a pro style uh, or a pro ready quarterback, and I think he's going to be all the bit more benefited from that. Absolutely. I'm going to go here with a uh, wide receiver out of Oklahoma State, uh, Tylon Wallace. Wow, tongue twister there for me, apparently. I'm going to go with Wallace out of Oklahoma State. I just think that, once again, he's another big body guy that could instantly be filled into that wide receiver two spot. Most of these guys you're going to be picking this year aren't going to be wide receiver ones on their team outside of your Chase, your Waddle, and your Smith but the rest of them could fill that that void for most teams. Absolutely. So um, I, I think we're at the point in the in the draft where um, you've already seen it to an extent, but really out, we talked about with, with the running backs. Outside of the big three, there's a, a, another tier in between them, and then there's there's a drop-off, and there's there's several guys that are, that are going to be drafted or, or signed undrafted for that matter, that are going to have an opportunity. And it's going to be a James Robinson type situation where you're throwing a dart and you hope you hit on the right running back. Um, so if, if I have a ton of picks on this in this draft and I need running backs, I'm going to throw a lot of darts at them and I'm going to hope several of, of them stick. But the, the next one I'm the most interested in um, is Chuba Hubbard. And, and let's not forget with Chuba, 
in 2019, Shuba led FBS with 2,000 yards from the line of scrimmage. He also ran 300 and some times, so he, he's shown that he can hold up to that workload. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying Shuba's going to be that guy in, in the NFL. Um, his 2020 showing was was woefully disappointing, um, but he is one of the quicker quicker backs in uh, coming out this year, and he and he has a great one cut. So we, he he's going to be another guy that similar to Travis Etienne, he's going to need need to land in the right scheme. But if he does, the sky's the limit. Absolutely. So right here, uh, you took two at 24 or in the third round. Um, I'm over here. I'm debating on one guy from all three positions here. Um, I think I'm going to go out with uh, Matt Jones. I think the quarterback from Alabama. I just I think he's the most one of the most pro ready quarterbacks to come in, and I think he's a guy that could come out. I know it's my third quarterback picked, but I just I, I like his I like his his skill set. I think he's coming from a pro offense, especially if you you plug him in New England, San Francisco, a team that is ready to win. I think he's really going to plug in and be good. Yeah, Mac Jones is going to be my next pick here. So um, kudos to you for reading my mind and stealing my pick. Um, so with with you taking him for me, um, I, I'm going to throw another dart at the the running back wall here and hope it sticks again. I'm going to take Michael Carter, the the other uh, running back there from the University of North Carolina. Uh, Michael Carter reminds me a lot of uh, Tyreek Cohen. Yes. Um, size wise and speed wise, um, not going to be an in between the tackles guy, but a guy that maybe runs a lot of wheel routes from the backfield. Third down work um, could be a Naeem Hines type of, of, of player here. Uh, so, again, at the 26th overall pick in the draft, I'm excited that a guy like Michael Carter is still on the board for me. So, as, as I said, at the, the fifth pick of the third round, I had three names in my mind. You took the second one. Um, I went Mac Jones. I'm going to go Amari St. Brown out of USC. Uh, just a, a guy that I think, once again, can make an impact. I think he's going to start as the third or fourth wide receiver on a team, but I, I definitely could see him working his way into into being a very fantasy-relevant wide receiver. Yeah, so uh, at, at the 28 overall, I'm, I'm going to take um, I'm going to take a wide receiver that I actually had ranked pretty low, um, but at this point for me, I'm taking gambles and hoping they pan out. Um, I'm going to take Nico Collins here, the wide receiver from Michigan. Uh, and my justification for that is, again, he was the number one wide receiver in the recruiting class, I believe, of 2016 um, or 2017. 2017. He was the number one coming into college. He ends up going to a Michigan team that had terrible, inconsistent quarterback play. Uh, and, and had he have gone someplace else, had he have gone to Bama, had he have gone to LSU, or whatever, we might be talking about him in the top five wide receivers. So this late in the draft, I'm going to take a shot on a guy like Nico and, again, hope he, hope he sticks. I'm going to take a shot at a wide receiver, too, here out of Auburn, Seth Williams. He ran a 4'9", 4, 4, 4, 4, 40, 6'3", 211-pound, big wide receiver out of Alabama. I just – or not Alabama, out of Auburn. So I'm going to take my dart throw there, too. As, and hope it sticks. Yeah, so um, to round it out at the, at the last pick of the third round, I'm going to take uh, Tredarius Tony or t- uh, t- <laughs> Terramon Terry. Tremon Terry? Terry. We'll just say Terry. Marion Terry, the, the Florida State uh, wide receiver. Um, another, another big-bodied guy um, who was – unfortunate and played in a terrible system and we're going to we're going to take him and and say that we're going to hope that he goes to the right system right quarterback he's going to high point the ball he's going to be a red zone monster in the nfl and we're going to hope that he he gets drafted by a team who's going to use him as such no that was my first pick if we were going to do it a fourth round do we want to run and try to run one let's let's do a quick recap okay uh so at 21 we had demetriac felton from from ucla we had amari rogers uh, Tylen Wallace, Chuba Hubbard, Mac Jones, Michael Carter, Amon St. Amari St. Brown, Nico Collins, Seth Williams, and Tra- Terramon Ter- Terry from Florida State. I'm having a little bit of Walker syndrome right now. I can't pronounce names. Um, but if, if you look at these teams overall, so obviously we wouldn't own picks like this in a rookie draft. Otherwise, right. it'd be a boring league for just the two of us. But if you look at teams right now, Walker's team sits. Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, Javante Williams, Devonta Smith, Trevor Lawrence, 
Terrence Marshall, Rashad Bateman, Elisha Moore, Kenneth Gainwell, Trey Lance, Demetriac Felton, Tylon Wallace, Mac Jones, St. Brown, and Williams. You look at my team, I've got Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Jalen Waddell, Justin Fields, Rondell Moore, Pat Freermuth, Khalil Herbert, Kadarius Toney, Zach Wilson, Kylan Hill, Mari Rogers, Chuba Hubbard, Michael Carter, Nico Collins, and Tremont Terry. Um, obviously, if you look at these two teams, they're, it kind of tells you exactly what our real needs are um, and how we've been uh, scouting players in the offseason. I'm more running back needy than Walker is. Walker's got two running backs on his team. I've got um, Second-year running backs, though. I do have young running backs. No, no. I'm talking about on this. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about on this. Oh, okay, yeah. You've got Javante Williams and Kenneth Gainwell. we got Felton, too. Uh, you've got Felton. He's You're classified right. as a running back. Um, and then um, I've got uh, Harris, Etienne, Herbert, uh, Kylan Hill, Chuba Hubbard, and Michael Carter. So I've got 70 or two. Yeah. Um, There'd be a strong possibility that after this draft, if this is how it were to break down, that we'd be having to do a lot of trade discussions. <laughs> um, but I, I would imagine that if we extend to a fourth round, which we can, that you'd be going more running back heavy in the fourth probably than I would be. Absolutely. Uh, we're not going to break down a fourth round here, um, but we are going to talk about some of the names that are still left on the board. Trey Sermon, yep. Ohio State running back. Yep. He's still out there. Um, Larry Roundtree's still out there. Roundtree's out there. Ramondre Stevenson. Thank you. I can never say his first name. I was just going to say Stevenson. He's still out there. Then you roll over to the wide receivers. Tutu Atwell's still out there. Jalen Darden. Jalen Darden. Duwami Brown from UNC. Uh, Stevenson. Marquez uh, Stevenson. Out of Houston. Uh, Eskridge, who had a, an amazing senior bowl from Western Michigan. And we always see that small school one go out. And you still got that tight end, Reverend Jordan, that's still out there too. So, I mean, there's, and you got Kyle Trask and, and Mon still out there. Kellen Mon, yeah. And Kellen Mon. You still have a lot of names that are still out there. You're looking late in the draft. There's plenty, plenty of names to throw your darts at and hope they stick. And I mean, you got to always think that this is the future coming in. So your dart throws may not stick that first year, but they may be one injury away or one great special team play away from becoming a starter on any of these teams. Uh, Roundtree is one guy that, I mean, he stands out a lot to me. He carried a nice load there at Mizzou. Jarrett Patterson's still out there, too. Patterson's still out there from Buffalo. That's another guy that that shouldered a nice load and, and showed that he's got the wheels to really turn up. Um, Tutu Atwell was the number one wide receiver there at Louisville for a while. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of names that are still out there. Yeah, do your research, guys. Uh, listen to us. We'll, we'll break down some of these deep, deep sleepers after the NFL draft that we know they're actually in the NFL. We'll break some of these guys down and what their impact on these teams will be. Um, so let's break down over the next uh, – well, Real quick before we do ahead. that, guys, I, one thing I want to stress that I, that I can't stress enough is if you are in a dynasty league or you run a dynasty league and you don't have taxi spots currently – you need to add taxi spots, whether it be two, three, four of them, whatever. You need to add taxi spots because I, I, I don't know about the rest of you, but I can't get enough fantasy football. So I'm, I'm totally, you know, this is our first year. Me and Walker are running a dynasty league. It's the first off season of our dynasty league that we're that we've got a good group of guys minus Walter Kling. Um, we got a good group, <laughs> got a good group of guys. Uh, we we enjoy each other. And there's not been a downtime. There's been all kinds of trades in the offseason. Um, there's been a lot of picks moving around. Um, and and I get really excited for this for this rookie draft that we're going to have here in a couple months. And, <clears throat> excuse me, if we didn't have taxi spots, I'd be increasingly less excited because there is guys, you know, that we're going to have our sleepers. Like one of my favorite wide receiver sleepers that I think is going to go really late in the draft is Shy Smith out of – um, South Carolina. <laughs> I really would like to be able to grab Shy Smith late, throw him on a taxi, and wait till he to see what he does at the end of the year. If he doesn't ever do anything, fine, I'll drop him next year. My taxi spot's clear, but at least I have that option. Prime example with taxi spots: I held on to DJ Dallas the entire year. He sat on my taxi the entire year, running back for Seattle. He came out. He had a fill in because Penny and Carson both were gone. He had touchdowns in both those games. I started him. I started him in one of those weeks. I didn't start him in the first one. Another name, Anthony McFarland Jr. over there in Pittsburgh is now in contention to be the lead back if Absolutely. they don't draft one there. And so, I mean, these guys, one year away from being a lead back, from holding on to them. So definitely add your taxi spots in there. And, and it, once again, it, it allows this for a lot more. You make yourself a deeper rookie draft. Make your guys go out and do some more research. 
Make your guys uh, listen to other podcasts, listen to this podcast, know these names out here and, and get to get your research in it. it we've we got to have a downtime. Heck, today I've already probably ran about six trades through my head trying to find a way to get certain rookies in this draft. So, yeah, I, I think it's also worth noting, guys, that if you are in a dynasty, you don't win championships in dynasty football in week 16 in the last matchup. You win dynasty championships in your offseason with what you're able to do, moves you're able to make, rookies that you're able to draft. You've got to do your research. You don't don't necessarily just need to do rookie research. You've got to do continuous research, team needs, um, what NFL teams are, are, are when they get a new coach, what's the new offensive scheme going to be? Is the player that you banked on last year going to be able to do that again if he goes to a new system? Or or if somebody was added to that system. Yeah, absolutely. So it's 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 constantly evolving. You got to do your research. Listening to a podcast is a great start. I know Walker and I both listen to multiple po- other podcasts a week, as well as doing our own research for this podcast. Absolutely. Um, but it, it's imperative that you get out and you do research if you're in a dynasty. And 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 this is the time right now with the rookie drafts and offseason moves that you're going to win your leagues. Absolutely. This is the time that this is the separation time. Right now, leading up to the NFL draft is where most guys are starting to get their feet back into fantasy football. The winners of those leagues are the guys that have had their feet in that water the entire offseason. Absolutely. Know where these free agencies have gone. Know the coaches' changes and all that. Over the next few weeks, we're going to break down. Uh, next week, we're going to go over rises and fallers of free agency and early sleepers that we think could be veteran sleepers that we think could have an impact with maybe a new team or maybe stepping into a new role. And then the week before, uh, the week following, uh, the 27th, we're going to go over team needs for the NFL draft. That's two days before the draft. For you guys that don't know, 29th is the draft, first round. Amazing day, one of my favorite days of the year. Um, I know I'm out there with a pin and a pad, and I'm writing down all the picks myself. Yeah. Um, but we're going to break down team needs, not just fantasy relevant relevant needs also lineman needs defensive needs that way you know if you have a running back that needs a line you know that that you know that team needs to be looking for alignment um and then on the 4th of may we're going to go over a draft recap we're going to talk about some good fits and we're going to talk about some risers and fallers in the draft and then on the 11th uh, we're going to try to get a, a friend of ours in um and we're going to do a, a a mock draft a redraft mock draft basis started started the 101 and we're going to roll through a mock draft we're also going to talk about some likes and dislikes of, you know, the teams that added certain players and some of these rookies that we've talked about. And then starting on the 18th, we're going to break in. We're going to start getting into our rankings of players. We're going to start with uh, – with I think we're probably going to start with the quarterbacks because you might as well start with the captain there. We're going to start with the quarterback, and we're going to work our way through all the divisions or all the teams. We're going to work through all the players. Then we're going to start – and then after that, we're going to start breaking into our our projections and everything else and then and, – and we're going to just keep this moving along. That's, a, that's the next couple of weeks here that we're going to break down. Um, hope you guys stick with us and uh, keep on listening to the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast. And as always, stay fat and stay hungry, my friends.